everybody. Welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby, and if you're brand new to this show, this show is all about a little well-known card game called Magic the Gathering. So on today's show, we're going over all the red cards of Ikoria. But before we do so, let's get a little bit of announcements out of the way here first. Uh, if you want to help support the show, you can go to the show's Patreon at patreon.com slash magicwithzuby. And you can find this show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and Spotify. And if you wish to reach out to me, you can reach out to me on Twitter at magicwithzuby, on Instagram at magic underscore with underscore zuby. And you can email me with any questions you may have at mtgzuby at gmail.com. And with and we also have a few ads here, and after that, we will talk about the red cards of Ikoria. Well, hey there, Zoe. Why the long face there, chum? I just want to order some magic cards, but the shipping was too expensive. Too expensive? Well, did you know if you go to legitmtg.com, you can order any magic cards, and anything over two dollars or more has free shipping. Wow, free shipping at legit. MTG.com. That's amazing. You heard that right, Zoe. Free shipping at LegitMTG.com with any order over $2 or more. Be sure to visit today and get the best deal on Magic Singles and Magic Sealed product available. Wow, that's amazing. And that is how you beat the latest standard meta with Adzan. Ugh, it feels like there's no magic content out there for someone like me. Someone who doesn't want to be competitive. Someone who is... Who is... Anormi? Yeah, exactly! Anormi! Well, have I got the show for you. The all-new Magic for Normie show. Hi, I'm Pixie. And I'm Zuby. Together, we host the all-new Magic, magic for, for Normies! Normies. It is the Magic the Gathering show for all your normie needs. We don't care what deck got into the top eight or what deck is winning. We care about having fun playing Magic. That's right, Pixie. You can watch us on Pixie's Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash pixiekittenplays and catch the VOD on her YouTube channel, Pixie Kitten Plays. If audio is your thing, you can find episodes on the Magic Wazubi RSS feed. Do-do-do-do-do. Magic for normies. All right, so we're going to be going over all the red cards of Ikoria. And as I've said before in other episodes, this is going more over the cards, uh, how I feel they would act in limited, sometimes standard, sometimes commander. The majority of the focus is limited, though. But I also do like to mention the card's good in standard or if it's possibly a good commander card as well, too. So without further ado, the first red card is Blazing Volley. For one red, it's a sorcery. Blazing Volley deals one damage to each creature your opponents control. So as I've said before in previous episodes, where if your opponents are playing a lot of those pesky 1-1, you know, human soldier creature tokens, which it's pretty easy to poop out a lot of those 1-1s, this is the perfect kind of foil to that to where you can sort of wipe out their board. Now, this wouldn't be a high pick for me or anything like that, but it's something good to have in your arsenal, if maybe in your sideboard, something like that. Next up, we've got Blister Spit got Gremlin. For one red, it's a Gremlin 1-1. Um, I kind of like the name Blister Spit. That, that 
I don't think I've heard that name before, Blister Spit. <laughs> you can pay one and tap this and it deals one damage to each opponent. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, untap Blister Spit Gremlin. <laughs> I don't I like that name, Blister Spit. Uh, one one for one, that's eh, not bad, but at least you can sort of hang back and use this as a pinger to deal one damage to your opponent. So eh, it's not too bad, you can Blister Spit in their face with it. Uh, next up, you've got Blitz of the Thunder Raptor. For one and a red, it's an instant. This deals damage to target creature or planeswalker equal to the number of instant and sorcery cards in your graveyard. If that creature or planeswalker would die this turn, exile it instead. Um, not that great. Because, I mean, unless you're playing a lot of instants and sorcery spells in your deck, especially in limited, otherwise this doesn't really do much at all or anything. Um... Not a very high pick for me at all or anything like that. This would be more use. I could see this being more useful in something like Commander in a Spell Slinger EDH deck, like my Niv Mizzet deck, for instance, my Niv Mizzet Spell Slingers. So I would play it in something like that, but in something like Limited, it would not be an early mid pick at all for me at all, unless I know I'm going to be trying to play something like that. Next up, we've got one of my favorite cards, Cathartic Reunion. I love this reprint. Um, it's one in a red. It's a sorcery. As an additional cast, to, as an additional cost to cast this card, discard two cards and you draw three cards. Now, discarding the two cards does seem to look be a little bit high, but let's say you've got two cards that are just dead, and you know you're not going to be able to play them, but. You know, you just draw three cards, you dig through your library. It's, you know, it's a risk reward analysis that you got to play. And it's a good draw spell in red as well, too. So, yeah, th this would be more of a mid pick for me more than anything. Uh, next up, we've got Clash of Titans, a three and double red. I wonder if they I wonder if they couldn't call it Clash of the Titans. I wonder if that was a copyright thing. Clash of Titans. So three double red instant target creature fights another target creature. So. It, it it's cool that it's an instant that that makes it slightly better that the cost is a little bit high but at least if you've got your big creature and you want it to fight the other big creature or if you got a small creature with death touch and you want it to fight another creature boom there you go you just killed that creature for five mana Next up, we've got Cloud Piercer for four and a red. It's a dinosaur creature. It's a five four with a mutate cost of three and a red. Has reach. Whenever this creature mutates, you may discard a card. If you do, draw a card. So it's a good mutate target to where if you can, you know, you can sort of dig through your deck there. And a five four with reach is always good against those pesky flyers. So probably an early to mid pick if I know I'm going to go heavy in the mutate in the mutate cost there. Next up, we've got Dranith Stinger. For one and a red, it's a human wizard creature. It's a 2-2. Whenever you cycle another card, this deals one damage to each opponent, and it has a cycling cost of one. So this is a really good card, not just for if you're going the humans route in draft, but also in standard with the cycling decks that are being seen a lot recently. Um, and plus with cycling being very prevalent in draft, this is a creature you, your opponents will definitely want to deal with sooner rather than later because with cycling just over and over again, it's just boom, 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 pinging your opponent over and over and over again. So 
pretty good creature. This be definitely an early to mid pick, not a pack one pick one, unless there's absolutely nothing better in the deck, in the pack, but highly doubt it. So next up, we've got Everquill Phoenix for two double red. It's a Phoenix creature. That's a four, four has a mutate cost of three and a red. So the mana cost is less restrictive has flying. Whenever this creature mutates, create a red artifact token named feather with a cost of one sacrifice feather return target Phoenix card from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. So most Phoenix cards, they have ways of getting the Phoenix back to the battlefield you know, after it's died, because, you know, that's sort of the theme of a phoenix. But this one is a little bit different, where this creature may not ever be returned back to from your graveyard to the battlefield, because if you don't mutate it, you're never going to have that token to where you could possibly sack it and bring this card back. So, I like it. I wouldn't say this is a pack one pick one. A 4-4 flying is good. But there's definitely, this is one of the weaker Phoenixes that we've seen recently. And um, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of it, to be honest. Next up, we've got Ferocious Tigerilla. Tigerilla. It's a three and a red. It's a cat ape creature. It's a four three. When this, en this enters the battlefield with your choice of a trample counter or a menace counter on it. I'd rather have menace on this. And I really like that it's a Tiger Gorilla. Tigerilla. Tigerilla, I like that. Um, I, I still like uh, the other name of, and I'm, I'm not going to get over this name now, the Blister Spit Gremlin, now that I'm looking at it closer. Um, Blister Spit Tigerilla, I like that. Um, so a 4-3 that has, you know, I, I probably put Menace on it more than anything. That's not bad at all. Uh, not a high pick or anything, more mid to late pick. Next up, we've got Fire Prophecy. For one and a red, it's an instant. It's our Lightning Strike on Creatures card, though. And they don't have Lightning Strike here. So, it, Fire Prophecy deals three damage to target creature. You may put a card from your hand on the bottom of your library if you do draw a card. So, this is actually really, really, really good. Not only does it take care of pesky creatures in draft. I mean, heck, you could play this in standard as well, too. I really, really, really like the... If, ability of it you being able to draw a card you know you get rid of a dead card in hand or maybe a card that you're not gonna you know you're not gonna play you don't have the mana colors for it and you just draw a card that's really 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 strong as i've said before in the other episodes commons are just getting way better oh my gosh it's insane Next up, we've got Flame Spill. For two and a red, it's an instant. This deals four damage to target creature. Excess damage is dealt to that creature's controller instead. So let's say you've got a pesky 1-1 one, one out there. You deal one damage to that creature, then the remaining three gets dealt to your opponent. I kind of like it. It's not a bad card. And for three mana, for doing four damage, that feels appropriately costed as well, too. I really like that. It's this could be a very high or an early pick for me. Next up, we've got Footfall Crater for one red. It's an enchantment aura. You enchant land. Enchanted land has tap this target creature gains trample and haste until end of turn. It has a cycling cost of one. So while the enchanting the land, it's you know, gain, giving your creature haste and trample is very good, right? But sometimes you're not always going to want that. And plus, with the cycling cost, I kind of like this. Um, I could go either way with this. This probably more most of the time is going to be a mid pick for me, possibly late pick. 
But, um, you know, e even if this turns out to be a dead card in hand, you can always cycle it off. Next up, we've got Forbidden Friendship. For one and a red, it's a sorcery. Create a 1-1 one, one red dinosaur creature token with haste and a 1-1 one, one white human soldier creature token. So this, for two mana, you can create two bodies to be able to block maybe a menace creature with or to take care of some other pesky creatures or to just gain more presence on the board as well too. Um, I like it. Now, 1-1s one, are very weak and all that that's understandable but on turn two you get two more creatures and one of them gets haste i kind of like this especially if you're going the more aggro route for sure and if you happen to also get a little known creature called winona winota out as well too so i like it um i don't know if i consider this an early pick maybe more mid pick in draft but it's not a bad card and i love the art of it it's the same human and dinosaur from cathartic reunion uh, next up, we've got Frenzied Raptor for two and a red. It's a dinosaur creature. It's a 4-2, and that's it. Um, good mutate card. 4-2, uh, it's a pretty weak card overall because of the weak toughness, but it could be a good uh, card to swing in and be aggressive with. So turn one, you play a 1-1. One, one. Turn two, you play Forbidden Friendship. Turn three, you play Frenzied Raptor. You've got a pretty big board presence at that point, and your opponent has to do something and take care of it right now. Next up, we've got Frill Scare Mentor for two and a red. When this enters, it's a human warrior creature. It's a 3-2. When this enters the battlefield, put a menace counter on target non-human creature you control. And then you can pay two and a red and tap this. Put a 1-1 one, one counter on each creature you control with menace. So this one and the blue one are probably my favorite ones so far because I really like menace in draft. And flying is the best in draft as well, too. So if I were playing something like blue-red and I managed to get this one, the, the red mentor, and the blue mentor and both flying and menace who boy talk about amazing on that all right so as far as this this could be a good early to mid pick as well too um like i said menace and flying to me are always much better than vigilance or lifelink in my opinion uh, next up, we've got Go for Blood. Target creature you control fights target creature you don't control. You can, and it has a cycling cost of one. So, this is kind of a weird, weird one here. So, I mean, it, it's not that the card itself is weird. It's just weird that we're seeing red being the fight, the um, the fighting cards here because usually that's relegated to green here. So, it so. Besides that, besides getting to conversation about that, let's talk about this card here. A target creature you control fights target creature you don't control, and so that's not bad. It's I, I like that because you have the potential of removing a pesky creature, especially if one of your creatures have death touch, right? So I like it, and if it turns out to be a dead card in hand, you can always cycle it away. So this could be an early to mid pick if you're in the red colors. Next up, we've got Heightened Reflexes. For one red, it's an instant. Target creature gets plus one, plus zone till end of turn. Put a first strike counter on it. So this is a pretty good combat trick here. As I've said before, the black one that, that pumps up your creature and gives you indestructible. This one gives your creature first strike as well, too. So it's a good combat trick. If it gets blocked and you want to get rid of a pesky creature, it pumps it up and gives it first strike as well to potentially kill that creature um, before it even deals any damage to your creature. 
Uh, next up, we've got Lava Serpent for five and a red. It's a elemental serpent with haste. It's a five five for six, which isn't bad. And it has haste and it has a cycling cost of two. Uh, playing this card in limited showed me that this is good either way with cycling or playing it as a creature of five five with haste is nothing to scoff at. And but as far as it'd probably be more of a mid pick for me more than anything. Uh, next up, we've got Luca Coppercoat Outcast for three double red. It's our first Planeswalker that we're going to be talking about in the set. And it is comes out with five loyalty. His plus one is exile the top three cards of your library. Creature cards exile this way. Gain, you may cast this card from exile as long as you control a Luca Planeswalker. His minus two ability is exile target creature control, then reveal cards on the top of your library until you reveal a creature card with higher converted mana cost. Put that card onto the battlefield and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. His ultimate ability is neg seven. Each creature you control deals damage equal to its power to each opponent. So the so this planeswalker, I mean, right away I would want to pack one pick one this planeswalker. I mean, most of the time you're going to want to do the planeswalkers anyway. The thing that I really 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 like with this planeswalker though is so there's a lot of effects in draft and sealed that allow you to play really cheap creatures, right? 1/1 one, one creatures, 1/1 one, one tokens. The good thing with this is his neg 2 ability allows you to exile those really small creatures and that big 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 creature you have in deck that maybe it's at the bottom of the library you can then essentially play that creature right there for free and <clears throat> i like that a lot that's very 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 powerful for sure the plus one effect um isn't too bad the downside is that let's say he comes out you plus one you exile the top three cards and but then immediately he dies then you just sort of exiled three cards for no reason and those three cards could have potentially been really really good so uh you know risk reward analysis right there then the ultimate ability that's pretty good as well too i mean i i'd be looking more forward toward the his second ability the nate two ability than any other ability for sure on there so pack one pick one for sure i mean that's most planeswalkers are it's pretty common sense but i like it a lot and in standard um i, I haven't really seen it in standard yet too much but in commander that could be pretty freaking ridiculous in commander especially if you have a really small creature and then you sort of tutor up like say you worldly tutor a really big creature on your deck and you put it on top of your library, then you nag two with Luca Coppercoat, and oh look, your really big creature is not on the battlefield, and now everyone has to deal with it, contend with it, but it's an indestructible creature, can't be exiled, has hexproof shroud, everything, and oh no, you just everyone just loses the game. Um, <laughs> but um, I'm sure someone in Commander would come up with something ridiculous for it. Next up, we've got Momentum Rumbler for three and a red. It's a dinosaur creature. It's a three three. Whenever this attacks, if it doesn't have first strike, put a first strike counter on it. Whenever this attacks, if it has first strike, it gains double strike until end of turn. I like this a lot. Um, when this first attacks, it's going to have first strike regardless. Um, and then when if it attacks again, and when it does have first strike, it's going to have double strike. And that's really, really, really good. Um, 
this would be an early to mid pick for me. Not a pack one pick one, but who boy, that's a good creature for sure. Next up, we've got Mythos of Vadrock or Vadrock. Uh, two double red. Uh, this deals five damage divided as you choose among any number of target creatures and or planeswalkers. If white and blue was spent to cast this spell until your next turn, those permanents can't attack or block and their activated abilities can't be activated. So being able to essentially deal five damage to a pesky planeswalker is really good or being able to kill you know one to two maybe three creatures also is really good as well too now would this be a pack one pick one possibly if there's no other good creatures or better removal out there um but i mean it's not bad i like it i think it i don't i mean it's i feel like it's better than the um the white mythos one but um I, I kind of, yeah, yeah, it, this could be a pack one pick one. Uh, next up, we've got Porcuparrot. <laughs> it's three and a red. It's a bird beast creature. It's a three, four. Has a mutate cost of two and a red. You can tap this. This creature deals X damage to any target where X is the number of times this creature is mutated. So it's a, it's a porcupine parrot. <laughs> okay. Um, very unique here so the mutate cost is pretty good i mean the downside this porky parrot doesn't have flying though i mean well i mean if you look at the art it doesn't have any wings or anything the it looks like the body is the porcupine and the head is sort of the parrot so but um i mean with its ability of being able to tap and ping any target where and it x is how many times it's been mutated it's not too bad but you know, this would be a good mutate target. You know, more of a mid-pick, more than anything. Uh, next up, we've got Prickly Marmoset for two and a red. It's a monkey. Just a monkey? Um, it's a 2-3 because it looks like it's a monkey porcupine. Um, it does have first strike. Whenever you cycle a card, Prickly Marmoset gets plus 2, plus 0 oh until end of turn. So a first strike 2-3 three for 3, that's not bad at all, just by itself. And then cycling a card, you can cycle a card as a combat trick to pump this up to kill a pesky creature as well, too. Uh, next up, we've got Pyroceratops for 3 and a red. It's an elemental dinosaur creature for that's a 2-3 with Trample. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, put a 1-1 counter on Pyroceratops. So this is always good if you're going to be doing combat tricks and and the like like that. So not an early pick, maybe a mid to late pick. Next up, we've got Raking Claws. For 1 and a red, it's an instant. Target creature gains double strike until end of turn. Also has a cycling cost of 2. So double strike is always really, really, really good. And the fact that you could... It just, it's another combat trick, essentially, to where you could either play this and kill your opponent, possibly, or just get rid of a really pesky creature as well that, that your creature is being blocked by. Uh, next up, we've got Reptilian Reflection for Tuna Red. It's an enchantment. Whenever you cycle a card, you may have Reptilian Reflection become a 5-4 dinosaur creature with Trample and Haste in addition to its other types until end of turn. For an enchantment, I mean, if the sense cycling is very prevalent in draft here, this may not be a bad card to consider here. Maybe more of a mid-pick more than anything. But with it being possibly a 5-4 with Trample and Haste, I kind of like that a lot there. And plus, cycling just helps you go through your library, and this isn't exactly a dead card if you know you have cycling cards in hand. Next up, we've got Rooting Moloch 
for four and a red. It's a lizard creature. It's a four four. This enters the battlefield when this enters the battlefield. Exile target card with a cycling ability from your graveyard until the end of your next turn. You may play that card. It has a cycling cost of two. So ooh, if you're heavy into cycling in your limited deck, this is pretty good. Until the end, you may play that card. Well, if I understand that correctly, I don't think you can cycle it again. If I'm understanding it, I just think you can just cast it. I'm not sure if you can cycle it. Maybe someone out there, you can correct me. I'm not 100% sure on that. But a 4-4 four, four for 5 isn't bad. Um, I just really like its ability of being able to play a cycling card with it. Um, and plus, you can cycle this as well, too. Next up, we've got Rumbling Rock, so Rock Slide. For three and a red, it's a sorcery. This deals damage to target creature equal number of lands you control. Eh, I mean, it's not bad. It's not a bad removal, possibly removal spell, but not the greatest. Um, so, eh, you, know, you know, be careful if you're going to be playing this sort of spell here. Next up, we've got Sanctuary Smasher for four double red. It's a Rhino Beast. It's a 6-4 with first strike, has a cycling cost of 2 and a red. When you cycle this, put a first strike counter on target creature you control. So a 6-4 for 6 isn't the greatest because of the smaller toughness, but with it having first strike, that makes it a lot better. That makes it me more likely to play something like this. Um, and the cycling ability is pretty decent and if you have the chance of getting this back from your graveyard to your hand you know that makes me more likely to want to play something like this um more maybe more of a mid early to mid pick next up we've got shredded sails for one and a red it's an instant you can choose one destroy a target artifact or this deals four damage darker creature with flying cycling cost of two god there it really feels like red is taking the uh color of green here um but i digress here so this is not a bad card and especially getting rid of pesky flying creatures or a pesky artifact it's not bad and if this ends up being a dead card in hand you can just cycle it away so probably in early to mid pick maybe uh, next up, we've got Spell Eater Wolverine. For two and a red, it's a Wolverine creature. It's a 3-2. This has double strike as long as there are three or more instant and or sorcery cards in your graveyard. So, you know, especially with you being able to cycle instants or sorceries, this may not be too hard to get, but not a high priority of picking this kind of card for me at all. Um, probably a more mid to late pick more than anything. Next up, we've got Tentative Connection. For three and a red, it's a sorcery. This spell costs three less if you control a creature with menace. Gain control of target creature until end of turn. Untap that creature. It gains haste until end of turn. So this is your basically your typical gain control of target creature card. And you possibly have the possibility of casting this for one red. Regardless, I like these kind of uh, cards because you can gain control of your target opponent's um, really big mutate creature if possible or maybe they're 8-8 eight, eight, you know Yadaro or shark token or whatever or they're ominous seas kraken and you can just kill them with it so like it like it a lot um more of a mid mid pick more than anything 
Next up, we've got Unpredictable Cyclone for three double red enchantment. If a cycling ability of another non-land card would cause you to draw a card, instead exile cards on the top of your library until you exile a card that shares a card type with the cycle card. You may cast that card without paying its mana cost, and then put the exile cards that weren't cast this way on the bottom of your library in a random order, and you can cycle this for two. Whoo boy, that was a lot of text there. So you also the art is a lava tornado that is a thing of nightmares right there so you have you're doing a cycle deck and limited right you <laughs> you cycle a card you, you cycle a creature card and then you can play a creature card until you you reveal a creature card from top of your library um i, I don't think this would be a pack one pick one for me at all but it's sounds like a fun card like if you want to play like a chaos type deck in limited or even in standard as well too play like a chaos deck hey could be fun maybe there's something i'm missing about this that makes it better but it's pretty it's a pretty weird card there um next up we've got weaponize the monsters for one red it's an enchantment you can pay two to sacrifice a creature this deals two damage to any target um not the best not the best kind of enchantment there but you know it'll do it's okay i mean I'm late pick more than anything for me and our last red card is yadaro wandering monster for five double red it's a legendary creature dinosaur turtle it's an eight eight with trample and haste has a cycling cost of one and a red whenever you cycle this shuffle it into your library from your graveyard if you've cycled a card named yadaro wandering monster four more times this game put it onto the battlefield from your graveyard instead so in something like draft it, it could be good Right, and it's highly unlikely in something like draft or sealed you're going to see more than one of these. So, could I would probably I'd probably do this as a pack one pick one because I like big dinosaur turtles like this. But in standard, this card is pretty damn good in standard with you being able to cite potentially. You know, you have four co four copies in your deck and being able to do a cycling deck like Jeskai cycling or something like that, and being able to play this for free essentially is really 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 good um so yeah it's a really good card i like this uh pack one pick one for me and it's a good red card to end the episode with so there you have it those are all the red cards for icoria hope you enjoyed the episode and stay tuned for the green episode where we talk about all the green cards of icoria <laughs>